Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Welcome back, everyone, to the Flowtrack Podcast. Flowtrackpodcast at gmail.com is our email address. You can find the show wherever you listen to audio podcasts. We have a different setup again today for the second show in a row due to the extreme weather conditions in the state of Texas. We are now boiling our water. Gordon, how are you holding up? I waited in line for two hours to get a free pizza. Mm. You know, it. It was uh, cold. I did not wear proper shoes, uh, but hey, I got free pizza. And it was kind of interesting because waiting in a long line for the pizza, you could also buy pizza, but it was like one free pizza per person plus whatever you wanted to buy. And me and Jojo were like, all right, we'll just get each get a free pizza and we'd be good. So we have a half a pizza left for, well, we actually have full pizza left now, which we're going to eat for like the next four days. Um, yeah. But it kind of, there was there was a time when we, we were waiting in line for two hours, and then this man right before we got into the building, who like walked in on his cell phone, and just walked mm-hmm. right into the building on his cell phone, and then he ordered pizza, and then he got the pizza and left, and everyone's like, did this guy just straight up pretend to be on the phone to get in front of the line that everyone was waiting in, and <laughs> everyone got really mad. Apparently. Mm-hmm. Technically, he might have been a friend of one of the employees, but mm. I don't know, man. It was a little sketch. People are it's starting to – it's starting to doggy dog world out here, man. People upset about free pizza lines. It's not It's not getting good. <laughs> I did see that there were a lot of uh, food trucks giving out free food, which was very, very nice because there's a lot of people who have been without power now for several days, without water. I walked to the grocery store because my car is kind of iced and snowed in and my street in my neighborhood is very icy. Once you get out to the main road, I noticed the road is safer than the sidewalk, but I didn't realize that until I walked out there and I was relegated to the sidewalk (laughs) with a backpack that was empty. So I'm about a half mile, maybe a little bit more from the HEB, trudged up there, took me about... 20 minutes. HB is a grocery store for people who don't know. Yeah, for those of you who don't know in Texas. Waited outside for – it was a pandemic-type line. I mean we have practice waiting in lines to go into the grocery stores, so it was a flashback only to a few months ago. I probably waited, Gordon, about 30 minutes outside. I had heard it was going to be two hours, so I was pleasantly surprised at how quickly it moved. It was only 30 at that point, so it was not, it was not that cold, and I dressed – I was Madison – 2019 cross level war 2018 level cross warm that's that's the amount of clothing i put on then i got in and there was not much food so that was the trick is you got in there but there's nothing there the my wife who's pregnant is on a like a high protein diet as prescribed by her her doctor so there were some items i could get for her but then we also wanted like bread or tortillas all of the bread was gone except for those King's Hawaiian rolls that were there. 
and there was just a stack of them. And then I thought, okay, well, I, that's not really going to do us much good because we wanted to make uh, tacos. And then – so then I went, okay, let's go to the fresh bre- you know, bread section. Maybe we'll get lucky. Maybe it'll be like a uh, loaf of sourdough or something over there. Nothing there except more King's Hawaiian rolls over there too. <laughs> went to the frozen pizza section. Saw a brand of frozen pizza I liked, but it was lamb pizza, which I didn't know if she would eat. And then they also had cheeseless pizza. Those are the two things <laughs> available. Still, I found enough stuff. My backpack, completely full. Started walking back. Um, crossed the first street, and there's an apartment complex right there. Slipped on ice and almost went full turtle because my backpack was so heavy that when I slipped, it went like up over my head and almost – the weight almost pulled me in the direction, but it didn't uh, clawed back to my feet and then and then walked home. So all in all, I think it was about an hour and a half, two hour round trip for me. That's what's that's what's going on in Texas. I wouldn't want to be. And then we got the boil water notice, and then we got the notice that says you have to boil all your water. Yeah, everybody boil... in, in in the city. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I'm kind of the the Hawaiian rolls. I had no idea that those were the things that during these times. People still say, "No, nah, I'm good." Yeah. <laughs> like, I always liked them. I thought they were tasty. I've had a, a, a good experience with Hawaiian rolls in the past. It is interesting to see the hierarchy of foods. Yeah, when there is scarce, you know, scarce resources because all the fruit pretty much was gone. All the bananas, all the oranges, because I had a list of things to get over there. All of the the broccoli, the cauliflower, all that stuff was gone. There were a few stray apples that I was able to get. Ice cream. There was also a bunch of ice cream available, and my only thought process there was, people aren't really splurging. They're not looking for for luxury items, especially when, for a lot of people, the power was out, right? And they're going to go home, and, and you know they needed something that they could just basically open and eat yeah. at that point, which makes sense for you. Know, you get bread, throw some peanut butter on it, throw some jelly, and then and then you can have at least a snack to keep you going. But fortunate that we still have power, but the the water issue now is is a concern as well as it's been for people for a couple of days previous. Yeah. We had to boil our water once like a year ago. Were you here when we had to do that? Yeah, yeah. I was. And I, my wife and I were trying to figure out what happened. Why do we have to do that? I just remember everybody running to H-E-B to get bottled water because like the treatment plant went down. I think or it was a flooding. Okay. I think it was, a over, okay. it was like after a big rainstorm, there was a flooding and it like broke something. I don't know. So in the midst of this, you call me. You say, we're supposed to go to Las Vegas today, today because there's a good NCAA cross-country meet tomorrow. That was It was going to be a low-key a low key affair as is, as we mentioned. It wasn't going to be live, but you're going to film it. You're going to try to get some coverage so people could see some of the best teams in the nation. But 2021 is turning into just a <laughs> redux of 2020, and your flight got canceled. Yeah. Originally, I was supposed to fly out to Vegas on Monday, and then uh, it got canceled, obviously, and moved to Thursday, and then my Thursday flight got canceled last night, and now I'm not going, which sucks, but you are going. and As of right now, I'm refreshing Southwest as we speak, so I would say the odds are, what would you say my odds are? I think it's 50-50, man. Let's go for like some great odds. It's 50-50 odds. Let's do it. If I go, it's just going to be me yeah, and not you. So I need to teach you how to do it. How's my, how's my technique? So here's the thing. Every, 
people are going to criticize the way you hold the camera. And they're like, oh, why don't you have like a crazy stabilizer and all this stuff? It's like, come on. All right. No. All right. What are you going to do is I'm going to give you my camera is not that bad. You just have to never put your elbow like against anything on the cart. Like your elbow always just has to be by itself. It's not comfortable. But as long as you're always elevating your arm Mm -hmm. where the only thing your arm is touching is your shoulder. And the only thing your shoulder, and then you don't want your shoulder either to be like leaning up against any of the right, cart. Right, right. So mm-hmm. you kind of want just as much nothing touching the cart, um, and then you should be fine. Don't don't try to get sexy and try to zoom in. Just keep your beauty keep, shots. Where are we at on beauty shots? No, no beauty shots. Let's get the content. I mean, it's gonna be a a good meet. Uh, Stanford's there. Colorado's there. New Mexico women. Washington women. NAU is coming back. NAU actually originally was going to not run this race, but then mm-hmm. they decided to run this race. Uh, NAU had an opportunity to potentially even go to that Washington meet where BYU ran all their 1330 5Ks, yeah. but they decided not to. Now they're doing this race. I think Luis Cajolfa will run because he's got to run eventually, right? You don't, you want to be race sharp, so you got to get some, some reps in. Mm-hmm. So we could see a full NAU squad again against a Colorado or Stanford and kind of get more data points to see if NAU will be as good as we think they are. And if my flight gets canceled and no one's out there, we're just going to rely on sketches. We've hired a sketch artist from the Clark County Courthouse system to go over there and just draw pictures, piece it together afterwards. Yeah. But... Uh. Why can't anything just be straightforward right. this year? Why can't we just? I went women, through a lot of women. stages of emotion of this trip getting canceled on me. Like at first, yeah. it was it like the five stages was like anger, then grief, then acceptance, and then whatever. Bargaining's in there somewhere. But I had a yeah. bargaining. I I was trying to take your flight, you know. But apparently, I know I was going to give it to you. I was going to give it to you. You know the trick about not putting your arm on your knee. I don't know that. <laughs> that takes generations to learn. <laughs> So, yeah, uh, but we tried every option. I tried to get in a flight to Phoenix, and then I will drive from Phoenix, or I try to get a flight to L.A. and drive from L.A. And through all of this, it's really frustrating because this is how airlines work, is there literally was a flight last night at 9.30 p.m. that went directly to Las Vegas. But it was Spirit Airlines, and we have a Southwest flight, and you can't switch airlines because, you know, mm-hmm. you lose all the money then. So, uh, yeah. it was just... It's just frustrating all around. The coaches have been talking about appreciating the opportunities when you get them. I think that's true for us too. We really should have valued that first Vegas trip yeah. because we never we never knew that this would be the thing that would keep us from going back this once-in-a-generation storm. I'm interested in that women's race because I want to see the New Mexico women. You have them ranked way down there. But they'll get the ranked back. 10. I think they're going to move back into top 10 if they have a good meet. Yeah, but how high is the question? And how much does Washington move up as well, too? What do they show? You you brought up um, – who's the other women's – oh, obviously Stanford, right? Stanford yeah. is a, a team that – you know, if Stanford goes there and runs how we thought they were capable of running before their first beat, they could be the number one team coming out of this weekend, Yeah, I would think, right? If they get good, good efforts from um, some of their – talented folks who did not run well in their first meet, if they go back and they just kind of show that that was a fluke, then I think you could put Stanford 
back up there. Interested to see Colorado. So yeah, that those those four in the women's race are going to be fun to watch because they all have have room to move up. Yeah, and Colorado, see what they do. They're kind of still sneakily kind of laying low key. You know, they'll still be good. I think on the women's side, it's going to be a high scoring affair at the national meet. So you don't need to have like four to five stars. You just need maybe one or two and then your three, four, five just need to have a good day. And then you mm-hmm. could be, you could be national champions. So mm-hmm. outside of this race, is there any on the indoor side of things? Is there anything to watch? Uh, American Track League is back again. They'll be mm-hmm. on Sunday. Uh, I know Camel City is doing some stuff. And there's some, some DMRs I probably are going to go down in mm-hmm. North Carolina. Uh, but other than that, it's like a lot of small like qualifier type meets. I mean, conference weekend is next weekend for indoor. So you're not going to see too much action. I know Oregon has a cross-country meet. On Friday, mm-hmm. um, host by Lane Community College. We don't know if we're going to see potentially Cooper Tier, Cole Hawker, and those in that meet. I know Portland will probably be there. So, uh, still unknown what Oregon's doing. They're going to keep their cards close to their chest. I feel like I know what they're doing, though. They're just going to run 800 miles, and then that's and call it a day. So, uh, yeah. What about – aren't we – Aren't we close to that ten thousand that's going on? And yeah, the ten k is yeah, it's on it's on Saturday. Yeah, forgot about that. Yeah, the ten. There's outdoor. Well, we weren't to the outdoor portion of the show yet. We had covered cross country. We had covered indoor. Yeah, so there's some fast people running trying to get a ten thousand meter Olympic qualifier. Yeah, I think the one person though out of that whole field that's kind of like a an interesting watch is Carissa Schweizer. You know, Jerry, you think is going to be like, hey. We need to be prepared for every opportunity possible. Mm-hmm. But when Schweizer is, you know, she's on the 5K team. She's going to make the 5K. So what would be the reason for her to have this 10K standard, assuming she gets it? And how does that change the 10K field if she's in it and it's actually trying to take a spot? Because you have to assume Schweizer all of a sudden becomes the favorite in the 10K. You know Rachel Schneider is running well. And then you have the Sisson and Huddle you know, dynamic. And then they have the NAZ elite women. All of a sudden, that Kira women's D'Amato. 10K, Kira D'Amato, that women's 10K just gets deeper when you throw mm-hmm. in a Schweizer. So, yeah. if she gets a standard, it's definitely going to open the eyes of fellow women's 10K American, American U.S. female. US. It's, been, it's been a long week yeah. for you. Don't worry about it. Female uh, U.S. Americans. Yeah. Is there any question that she's going to get the standard? No, it's no question. Right. She's going so to she's get. She's going it. to get the standard. Yeah. the qu- The question is on the men's side. No, because that because that's the one where because usually when a women's ten thousand is set up to be paced for in the last couple of years, the Olympic standard you get the you get a couple people across. Whereas the men, we've seen attempts where nobody gets it or just one person gets it. Yeah, that's true. Speaking of true, isn't Ben true in the meet? Did I make that up? I was that just, was that was a great transition. Was a great transition. Great, great play on words there. <laughs> I don't know what you call it. Uh, I could I, I could check. I know. I mean, it's heavy. It's heavy Bowerman, right? At that point, yeah. and the same thing is 
in, in play there for some of the Bowerman men as well, too. People you probably thought of more as a 5,000-meter runner could be trying to just leave an option open for the the 10,000. Let me. I'm trying to get this. Uh, here we go. The 10. Where are we got? Oh, man. Just where's the list of the – okay. Okay, here we go. The 10. Um, uh, Cranny, Enfeld, Ailish McCoy, and Jorgensen, Conley, Schweizer, Fisher, True. Now, this was as of one week ago. Fisher, True, Cheserak, Reed Buchanan, Woody Kincaid, Mark Scott, and Chris Derrick. So Kincaid and Fisher. That's an interesting Yeah, yeah. Those are the interesting names to me there as well. Fisher. Fisher. Hey, he was pretty good in cross. Got second to Morgan McDonald. Yeah. I'm well, excited and, to see a Fisher in a 10K. Let's see what he can do. And, and back to Schweizer for a second. She ran 10Ks in college, too. Yeah. She didn't run many of them, but she she did them her, her senior year. She went for the double. She got beat by uh, Sharon Lachetti and then came back later in the meet and then won the won the five. So she's not a stranger to the to the distance. It's just at this at this level, she's never explored it. What's appealing about the 10,000 for the women, if you're an American, is that Shelby Houlihan's probably not going to do it. <laughs> and you don't know that about the 5,000. So that's another reason why you might be willing to try that race or explore that race is because you know that she is not going to do that one. I know you, you should know this. I know I ask you all the time, but what's the order? Do, are both the men and women... 10K, 5K, or are they both 5K, 10K, or are they You're talking about different? the trials? Yeah. See, I, you always ask me this, and then I always second-guess myself, so then I always have to look Don't it you up. have, like, Luckily, four tabs, for, one for every year, all the way out to, like, year 2040 or something like that? You know, Gordon, it's been a tough year, and I don't want to jinx things. And I feel like when you open tabs, sometimes you jinx things. I wasn't worried about jinxing Doha, because I knew it was going to happen. The women's 10,000 goes first. The men's 5,000 goes first. So the women have the more traditional you'd say schedule where it's 10 and then five and then the men go five and then 10. If you are Schweizer, do you think running a 10,000 affects your 5k chances? It's going to be, okay, so sh- looks like June 18th is the 10,000. I don't know if this is the old schedule, but they're keeping it relatively similar. And then the 5,000, First round isn't until June twenty fourth. No, yeah, I don't think so at all. So yes. to me, the, the the question is not whether or not she's going to get the standard in this meet. The question is once she gets the standard, does she decide to do it? And I think the the answer to that's going to be yes. And I think even on top of that, even if she does do it, does she take the spot? Like, would she? Correct. Would Correct. like once more... she qual if she qualifies top three in both. Yeah. Does she take the spot and run in the Olympics? Yeah, it's just an endless array of, of questions, but that's a good position to be in. Because you, you mentioned all the, the names. Right? You have Sisson, you have Huddle, you have D'Amato, and then you're gonna have this big Bowerman and contingent. Sh- Schneider. Schneider, the NAZ Elite contingent as well, too. And with Bowerman, you're gonna have if you get Schweizer in there, you're also gonna have Infeld and Hall, and you're gonna have you know, potentially Vanessa Frazier. Once she gets back to racing, Cranny maybe she decides to do the the ten as well too. There's there's a lot of there's going to be ten people on that line. I think if the if everybody races it who's capable of it, there's going to be ten people on that line who can make the team. I think. I think what would be really interesting 
you saying how the the 10k and the 5k is switched for the men where it's 5k first 10k second mm-hmm. so that means we'll know the three that are on the olympics and let's just say for argument's sake the three 5k runners would be i guess lemong chalimo and i don't who should we, who should we put it on it let's put Sean McGordy. That's just the first name I thought of. Really? Okay. We'll put Sean McGordy. Fun. I mean, why not? Why, why not? not? All right. So that means everyone and their mom is running that 10K because it's right. like the As, final spot, okay. right? Right. But Lopez, Lamong, he is talented, right? And and you could say even Chalimo. Some say he L- is. Lopez and Chalimo both are in it, right? They could both run in it, but they both could have a, a teammate who is good enough to make the team who they could help? Do you think Lopez would run that 10K with a strategy to help a Kincaid or a Grant Fisher or mm-hmm. someone else who's in that 10K and vice versa would uh, Chalimo enter that 10K to try to help Shadrach and be like, all right, hey, I'm going to the Olympics. I'm in the 5K. Yeah. What can I do in this 10K to help you, Shaddy, get top three? You know, yes, and you because- think that will happen. Yes, because it's also not just going to be about top three. It's going to be about standards. And I guarantee you one of those big names is not going to have the standard going in because they got injured. They had a bad race. You know, Opportunities like this one coming up this weekend, the wind could start blowing midway through and boom, it's gone. It's off the table. So I think the standard is going to be at play and it's going to be a huge factor, much more so than the men's five or the women's 10 or five. Or could you see the say Chalimo's looking at the field and like, hey, none of the Bowerman guys have the standard. Hey, mm-hmm. Shadrach, you're like one of three people with the standard. So if yeah. this is slow enough, you're right, likely right, right. gonna go. What if I go to the front of this race and I don't let it go fast? Like mm-hmm. I put my arms out, I have chicken wing don't do that. arms. Don't do that. Don't do that. You know, I'm trying to like stop and tie my shoes in the front, you know. Do you think you could see any I, I, when, I remember when I was in... Are you saying Paul Chalima will be hesitant to quote-unquote pace the Bowerman Track Club? We've never seen yeah. that before. No, but I'm talking That's about not sh- literally trying to not let them run fast. Well, I, they'll ignore him, though. At that point, it'll be pretty apparent what he's trying to do. And if you're saying Bowerman can then counter and have their guys who have already qualified try to keep the pace going, they'll just, they'll just start rolling. I don't think he's going to go obstruct people, no. I'm just saying there was this kid in high school. Uh-oh. His name was... Freddie, don't I forget what his don't last say his name last name. Don't his say name his was Freddie. His name was, and he knew he was like he knew he wasn't going to win the race, but he just took it upon himself. He's like, I'm going to let my team. I'm going to help my teammates win, and he mm-hmm. purposely just tried to DQ himself in a mm-hmm. two mile against the top guy from the other team, and like to never let him get past him. He just like wherever he went, he was just like standing right in front of him. And tried to always mess him up. And like, it was really, it, it came to a point, like, dude, you can't do this. But yeah, like, yeah, yeah. It, it, it worked. <laughs> I mean, the guy couldn't, I mean, Freddie got DQ'd, but the guy who could have won didn't because he kept yeah. on getting stepped on or screwed up by Freddie. So I'm just you're saying, saying there needs to be more defense. There needs to be more defenses running. Yeah, we'll, we'll Paul Tolino pull a Freddie. No, and, he won't. No, no, no. You know, no. I think they'll, no. Help. When I say that they'll, I'm saying, when you talk about help, I'm saying help with the pacing, speed things up or slow things, try to speed things up or slow things down. 
depending on what's advantageous to their group. I could see that going on. I do not see Freddie making an appearance at the new Hayward Field and slow and slowing it down in that in that regard. But I I think it would be I think if they went 10 first and then 5 there would be more drama for the men. Like if I was scheduling this meet for to just ma- I would keep it how the same order that it's always been and keep it how the women's race is going to be because then you just jam everything into that 5000 where more people will have the standard so it makes it more makes it more fun cuz what if only 3 people have it and by halfway the pace is slow you know there's no there's no there's no there's no fun there even if everybody's in it right even if you're like oh man look at all these people who are going in for a last ditch effort to make the team whereas if the 10 was first all those people could then come back later on in the 5 so there'd still be some some intrigue there. I mean, that's what happened. I mean, you saw people just drop out of the of the ten, you know, mm-hmm. and then survived yeah. and get to the get to the five. So yeah, yeah. So that's on f- Saturday. We have two cross country meets on Friday. Yeah, but yesterday mm-hmm. we had some track. <laughs> we did. We did. Good transition again. Yeah. Of yeah. which. You know, we didn't really live tweet much. Mm-hmm. and Because of the power. Yeah. For people who don't know, the person who tweets for us, he's been living in 30-degree weather in a powerless house. So. Yep. Yep. Hopefully he's still alive. I think he is. You sent some texts to him yesterday. Okay. I sent some messages to him. He's getting a lot out of his camping stove. I'll just say that. The camping stove that he has is working wonders on him. Yeah, the Torun World Indoor Tour meet. There's about five races I wanted to run through here. First, let's just start with the headline here. Elliot Giles from Great Britain had oh. been knocking on the door of a PR, and he finally gets it and runs 143.63, number two time in history indoors, Gordon. Yeah, that's fast. And it's fast from a guy who, like, that's like, we were like, what was Giles' record, uh, PR outdoor? Outdoors, he's run 144 mid. Wow. So he breaks 144 indoor. Yeah. I mean, yeah. maybe he's like a, this is his year where he has like a, he's a 143 talent. He's like a Wesley Vasquez type or a Brandon McBride where he's just found the right click and now he's able to be a, a consistent 143 guy because he did run well in the previous indoor meet i forget which one oh, it yeah. was but both of them both yeah of them. he'd been on a tour he ran 145.5 in Karlsruhe, then basically the same time again in leaven and both of those races which is there was time early. yeah yeah there was time left on the table so this was this seemed inevitable he's also run a couple good 1500s this year he's been treating the indoor season like a real season this was his fifth race of the year and if you don't know about him now he's put his name on the map i think this was expected because there needed to be another person outside brazier and hopple to lay something down during the indoor season because yeah. the, the 800 year was not just going to be a u.s one two all the way through of course you can never count out nigel amos based on his PB, but the way things were trending, it looked like it was going to be all about Brazier and Hopple this year. And now Giles has inserted himself into the conversation, runs faster than those two guys have run ever outdoors. 
or indoors and runs faster than everybody in history except for Wilson Kipketer. So, so here's impressive. the thing, though. When you see that mark and then you know like literally four days prior, mm-hmm. what was holding back Brazier from running that fast in New Balance? Okay, so here's my theory. Here's my theory about tracks, Gordon. It's okay. coming back around. Everybody wants to talk about shoes, but I want to talk about tracks because who got second to Elliot Giles in this race? Gentleman by the name of Jamie Webb. Jamie Webb, who ran 144. He was in that race in Boston or at the New Balance race in New York. He ran 146. Now, granted, travel, conditions, this and that. So he was about two seconds behind Brazier and less than a second behind Elliot Giles. So you're saying... I'm saying tracks matter. Donovan Brazier would have ran 142 in that race. (laughs) (laughs) It's not quite a one-to-one, but what I'm saying is, and again, with the travel conditions and the pacing and all that other stuff, this race was expertly paced, by the way, the race in Torun. That was a great job. But he ran, yeah, 146.26 in Staten Island and then goes 144.54 in Torun four days later. The, the surface matters indoors. I think it is a key component of people running quick. I'm not saying Brazier – no, I'm not saying he would have definitely run 142, would have broken the world record. But I do think when people – and this is the thing, and this is where I miss Lincoln being on the show a little bit because Lincoln would lose his mind. I would just send him some tweets of people's shoe opinions, and he would come on hot. Right? He'd just be like, I'm going to scream at everybody. This is where I think those things get a bit overcooked because you have someone like Jamie Webb who's not in Nike spikes, right, at all, and is less than a second behind Elliot Giles. And now people want to call every fast time a farce, and it's it's impossible to measure these runners against previous generations, and the record book is losing all meaning. Do you know who he passed for number two all time? Michael Cerrone? Yes. When did Michael Cerny become David Rudisha? <laughs> when was that mark sacred? That no one, when Michael Cerny ran his 143, there's no possible way anybody would ever exceed that mark unless there was yeah. shoe technology that made it unfair. No. No. It's a fast track, good timing. Yeah. Yeah. Shoes maybe helped a little bit, but the shoes are – when Wilson Kipketer ran, I'm sure the shoes that Wilson Kipketer ran in – were worse shoes, relatively speaking, than the shoes that people were in five, six years ago before this latest iteration of shoes came out. But when all of a sudden anybody running fast now, this is suspect, especially when when it's a time, again, that that was not achieved by one of the all-time greats. Give well, me a break. Here. Here's one thing. You're, that, you're a Cerny fan. So, yeah, I mean, I'm, I don't want to put Cerny you fan. out there. Big yeah, Cerny you've fan. been a Cerny fan. For, and I look, he's a great runner, obviously. But I, when he ran that time, I didn't think to myself, man, we may never see that again. That's like Brady's Super Bowl streak. <laughs> Just. Well, hey, man, at least at least the shoe thing is not as annoying as the doping thing. I know people don't want to hear this, but like. It's replaced it, though. It's replaced it. That's basically. Yeah. Like every time someone runs fast, everyone will be like, oh, why do they run that fast? They. They're not a lot of PR by that much. It's against the rules yeah. to have that big of a PR. <laughs> yeah. And then it turns into this whole thing. And, oh, you're, you're, we don't know who you are, so therefore you have to be doping because we never heard yeah. your name before. 
You know, mm-hmm. you you only you're only a non-doper if like you went through the college system and we knew who mm-hmm. you were since you were 18. So therefore, yeah. we can trust that everything is up to up to the norm. Yeah, I mean, I guess I would rather. I think I I guess what's more annoying. I guess yeah, it's better than accusing That's everyone true. of cheating. At least yeah, yeah. I just think it's. I want. What's the time? Tell me what the time is. What's the acceptable time that someone is allowed to run to where we will say, okay, it's they did that on their own. It's not the time. It's what the person. It? it has to be a person who, like, people... Well, I'm not talking about doping. I'm talking about shoes. No, 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 but no, it's... It, people won't... People don't blame the shoes if the person who is doing it is allowed to have the reputation of being fast. Like if Donovan Brazier runs 143, no one will be like, it's the shoes. They'd be like, Donovan Brazier, he's great. It's Well, they were saying that last in 2019 in Doha. And then they showed us, he showed us his spikes in the mix zone. He's like, I'm not wearing the new shoes. And everyone's like, oh, oh damn it. You're <laughs> A just thousand good. takes just died. Well, yeah, to, but oh, like, let me delete this. It's like people, it's like the way people cover NBA basketball, right? You're a star until you, you're not a star until you've been, proving that you're a star for like way too long. Like no one believes that you're actually there until like two years after you've been there. Yeah. Because people don't want to accept new faces as stars until it's been, they have to do it multiple times before it's like yeah, allowed. Yeah. And I think someone like Ellie Giles, who has been good, but like, it's not, he's not on the headlines. It's Donovan Brazier's yeah. world or a, you know, or career, you know, people are like, they're more recognizing that. But like when the guy who's always getting like fifth or fourth or sixth in a meet mm-hmm. does this, they're like, Oh no, you know, you need to be winning multiple times before we believe that you're good. And it's just the way to human. Nobody's is. allowed. Yeah. yeah no listen. One's... And no, no one's allowed to have a breakthrough. Yeah. That's the problem. Nobody's allowed to have a breakthrough well, anymore without you... significant suspicion or skepticism about how you had that breakthrough. You're allowed to have a breakthrough if you're young, like Jacob okay. Ingebrigtsen. He's allowed to have a breakthrough because it's like, all right, whoa, teena, teenage phenom. But mm-hmm. if you're like 24 or 25 and you've just been in the game and then you have a mm-hmm. breakthrough, everyone's like, hey, no, you didn't do it the right order. You're only allowed to be, yeah. you're, you're allowed to, you're not allowed to get good. Once you don't, if you're not good by age 20 or 21, then you just need to yeah. be mediocre for the rest of your life because we're yeah. not going to accept it. Yeah, and I look. I have, like any track and field follower, you have skepticism with everything because you've followed the sport. You know that there's people who, you know, from the doping perspective, aren't playing by the rules. But you also need to keep space out there for the fact that people do improve, and there are. You you brought this up, you know, mentioning the that fast Swarthmore fifteen hundred, and why it was so quick with with the pacing because Nick Willis agreed to pace all the way around. I think people, even people inside track do this, but I guess if you get more on the periphery, they see a time completely devoid of context and then they assign nefarious motives to it when it's like, yeah, but also like, look at how many fast people were in that race. Look at how good the weather was. Look at all the pace. Look at all the other things that could contribute to it. Could it be that, yes, there was a slight advantage because the shoes are a little bit better. Sure. Or something else. Absolutely. But there's also all these other things that 
when an elite athlete races as sparingly as most of them do, the chances for them to pop all-time marks is actually a, a bit lower, a bit lower than you'd think. So when the stars align and they get a good run, it's not it's not shocking and you don't need to always jump to it's the shoes or it's something else. I just I don't know. I just think it's funny because people are like, the record book is tarnished. It's like, first of all, the track and field record book is a mess for a completely different reason that we've known. So I don't know when we decided that this is a sacred document. You can look at some marks that have been up for decades and decades that people have questions about. What I care about is just like, is it fair now between the athletes who are competing now? And are they not running on pogo sticks? But like Elliot Giles running 143 and beating Michael Cerrone does not ruin anything for me. I'm sorry. It's not even close. <laughs> Wait, what? I don't know. Sorry. Try to channel Link in there. I no, just I, can't I like do that. it. And he also, let's just be too. honest. We both got these jackets. So I thought if I put on this jacket, I'd look like Lincoln too. And... The record books? The indoor record books is already a tarnished right, right. document from the start because not everyone does indoor and yeah, yeah, indoors, yeah. a season that's only happened. I said this before. It happens three months out of the year. Yeah. So it's a, it's a most skewed record book of all record books because mm-hmm. there's a weird rules like it has to be done here on this time on this mm-hmm. type of track that you know only for the, among these people. It's just like stupid. No, that's why. Well, if you yeah, if you're saying if you're saying okay, man, maybe this if this touring track is super duper fast, and this is. Like a BU, the the track we use as a stand-in for basically being as fast or faster than an outdoor track, 143.6 all-time outdoors, you're not even in the top you know, 300 marks in history, right? It begins to take on a different set of meaning. I just think it's, it's just not going to go away, and I think people got... It's also fun to just be like... Yeah, but you know it's fun. Well, with with the Alpha Flies on the roads over a marathon, you can't deny the fact that times in the marathon are getting quicker. Obviously, right? Like, but then they just they copied and pasted the outrage onto to track with spikes. And number one, I don't think we have enough data in there yet to tease out and number two even if it is an an improvement over the previous generation of spikes they've also laid out the clear rules about what's legal and what's not whereas the beginning of the alpha fly era right that was the big problem it's like who knows who's in what shoe and this well then all the brands eventually had them right and that's the same thing that's going to happen with these with with these spikes eventually all the brands are going to have them so then it's just like okay if they're fair within the era, then all you have left is nostalgia for the record book, which, okay, that's fine. But that's the ad- advancement of technology is taking place in every sport, yeah. including track and field, continuously. Yeah, watch a and, basketball game from the 70s. Like, none of those people, athletes, would they, be able to be in a starting five right now. They all era. dribble like this. Yeah. They all look at the ball. They yeah, they're like... <laughs> Weird ass shorts. Yeah, I mean, I'm sure there was outcry from probably the same people because they're probably still around complaining. But they're like, these Mondo surface tracks are just not fair. We need cinders only. You know, it's like, all right, cool. Yeah. I think you make a rule. Now they need to stick to the rule about what it is and and then keep it there. And at least for this, this next few years. 
But like, if your whole sport is funded by shoes, this is what's going to happen. And footwear and spikes. This is great for Nike. Nike loves this. Yeah. Oh, they're not. They're they're not fair. Oh, they had to ban the shoes. That's how good they were. Yeah. <laughs> it's just their dream. That's their dream, and everybody is giving them is what they want. Yeah, it's completely playing into it. But I just this is the same. This is the same pushback I had when Lincoln went all crazy on the lights last year, when Gidey and Cheptegei broke those world records, and it just my thinking was like, why are we so arrogant to think that Bekele and Dababa deserve those records for all of yeah. eternity? Right? Wait, That's, so Kevin was against the lights. Lincoln was against. The I mean, lights. Lincoln was against I'm, the lights. I'm pro. I'm pro lights. So, I'm do you think lights. Lincoln was the one who called in the DQ on the D2 kid, Christian Noble, for using <laughs> lights indoor? That it was actually Lincoln, like going over to the Birmingham complex and be like, "Hey, this is bullshit." He's been there before. Yeah, he's I been there before. and he I, he he knows the ins and outs of plays. Remember, he stayed really late that one night. I was dog sick, and Lincoln was writing a Grant Holloway article for what seemed like six hours, <laughs> sitting there on the floor. Maybe, yeah. maybe he did text one of the D two coaches and say, "Yo, get that." Nah, maybe Lincoln yeah, wants I, to stay in the I, top five thousand all time mark. You know, so he he got bumped to five thousand and one. <laughs> He's like, "No, I can't have that. I gotta stay five thousand. I'm, I'm, I'm fine with the lights. I'm fine with the lights. I think the lights more so than the shoes, because the lights help spectators enjoy what they're seeing, and that's an important part. Yeah, and that's a part we should think about as a sport. Is what makes it better for the, the fans. Yeah, the fans. The few, the few. the few fans. Also, like someone has to explain to me why having lights is different than just being on a really good team where you can get ten pacers out there. <laughs> a la the Bowerman Track Club, right? I mean, I guess it paces you later, later on in the race. But I mean, Mohamed is out there for what forty six hundred meters pacing Woody Kincaid. That's better than pacing lights. To me, that's an actual human being who's who's blocking the wind. So, I mean, unless you're going to outlaw pacing, I think lights are fine. Anyway, Grand Holloway, 738. After three false starts, what'd you think of that run? Forget it. Set it and forget it. Move on. It's the next one. I mean, once the false start number two happened, I knew it was dooms. And he's like, hey, we got to keep pushing through. I think he's going to run another indoor meet, right? He wants that record. You can he tell. wants that record. So he knew it wasn't going to happen after the second false start. So it's kind of like, all right, get the win, and now let's move on to go for that 7.30 mark. Um, yeah, but my reaction was like, oh, okay. Yeah. Can't, can't. After f- yeah. still dominant performance, and he's still running against good guys, and yeah. he's still getting that separation early on, I wonder, I'm sure smart sprint analysts know this question. They've probably done some research on it. Wonder each false start, how much does that take off of your ultimate finishing time? Because after f- after three of them, even if it's point oh three, then that's you a, get that's into- a lot of starts. Like that, you're you exploding yeah. like four times. It's a lot. Yeah, and after the after you get one, you're like, all right. And they didn't even DQ anybody until the third one. So the first two, <laughs> so what are they doing? There's- everybody everybody stayed in on the first two, and then the third one they finally. DQ'd somebody. So then the fourth time around, he ran with everybody but one person and then still ran a 738. Yeah, but just a couple of hundreds every single time you lose it, then you're looking at a sub 730. I think he's going to get it, but more so just continuation of the role that he's on to run that fast, even dealing with those 
those circumstances. It's not fun. I mean, we you, there's a reason why sprinters are frustrated every time there's a callback. And yeah. it's not just because they nailed the start. It's because they know that that just takes a little bit out of them for the next go-around. Other highlights, uh, Lemlem Hailu is a name we should know in the 3,000. She outkicked Beatrice Chepkowicz, 831. You know, when I was watching this race, Gordon, I thought midway through, I'm like, man, Chepkowicz, she's got gold in the steeple. She's run 844. That's a really hard record to beat in the steeple. Maybe all these indoor races aren't just because there's no steeple indoors. Maybe, just maybe, she's going to try to run some flat races, add to the legacy, you know, cross over a little bit. And then I saw Lem Lem Hailu out kick her, and I was like, nah, she's probably going back to the steeple as soon as she can. What does that say about the steeple? It says that uh, it's tough to do both. It's tough to do both. I think Chip Coach is good enough to where if she was really working on it full time, she could run that. I mean, she's, what, a couple tenths behind? I mean, Lem Lem Hailu just beat Stefan Hassan. So anyway you slice it, if you run 844, you're a good runner. doesn't matter if doesn't matter like if, if you're part-time in the flat events or not but i don't think she's i don't think she's there yet and she's not there enough to justify jumping out of an event where she's the best in the world but i thought about it just for a moment just for a i moment. want to see someone do the alio double that's what i want to see i want to see someone try to do the the 3k steeple and then the 5k or even the 10k yeah and it's called the alio double because she freaking did it every year in the <laughs> and some other women who else did it that lot? Like Hannah Steelman did it? Yeah. I, like. I think Ava Cohen yeah. tried. Yeah. Yeah. It was, I mean, especially in Austin when it was 100 degrees. Haha, <laughs> weird to think of Austin being 100 degrees. It just looked like complete torture to come back after that and after that steeple and, and run a 5K, but they did it. Uh, Borrega, Selma Borrega ran 332, won by almost three seconds. Didn't get, didn't get the world lead though. Jacob still has that one. In the battle of the blowouts, Jacob's blowout was slightly more impressive in Levan than Borrega's was in Torun. Before we go, Kipchoge announced this morning he's going to run the Hamburg Marathon, Gordon, which takes place on April 11th. It's going to be an elite-only race, about 100 athletes in it. It's going to be on a closed course, about 10.5K Loops, this will be a return for Kipchoge to the site of his first marathon of his career back in 2013 when he won. Ooh. Surprise, surprise, he won his debut marathon. Hamburg. Yeah. It's an interesting name. Do you think mm-hmm. the hamburger was invented there? I mean, I would guess, but that's just an easy assumption to make. I don't think well, it was. That wouldn't make Buffalo, any sense. Buffalo wings and Buffalo. We'll have to get Brian from Miles put on to talk about <laughs> Buffalo. Uh, okay. This is – I was surprised a bit because I thought, hey, he's a guy who doesn't need a lot of races, and he's going to have the Olympics coming up. He'll probably just wait. So this shows me he wants to get back out there. He wants to get another win streak going after he had his last streak disrupted in that race in London. He wants to some momentum – some positive momentum, maybe get into the heads a little bit of his competitors going into the Olympics of, uh, no, no, I'm still the same guy. I had a bad day in London. My body wasn't working with the weather that day. I'm the greatest of all time. I'm going to be the greatest again this year. Yeah, and seeing uh, Kipchoge 
announced this or the people, whoever made the announcement, um, maybe think about what the U.S. athletes are doing. I mean, obviously, a mm-hmm. lot of them all ran end of December mm-hmm. at the Arizona meet. Uh, there were a few that weren't there, like notably Galen Rupp, right, and mm-hmm. some of the other athletes who made the Olympic team. But I guess now we're done with that little excitement of what U.S. was doing in Arizona. You kind of think, all right, when are we going to start seeing the U.S.-based dis- uh, road athletes, you know, hop into a half marathon, a 10K or whatever mm-hmm. before the Olympics, right? We kind of forgot about that, I feel. And are they preparing for something in March or in April or May? I don't know. Who are you specifically? Who are you interested in seeing? Galen Rupp. Okay, this is all about Galen Rupp. <laughs> oh, you Rupp. know, and like, you know, some of the other people. I got some bad news, Gordon. This is breaking news coming across the Flow Track headquarters as we speak. My flight has been canceled. It has. Yes. Oh. So, we will not have coverage, unfortunately, guys, from the Las Vegas meet. Which is a bummer. We just found that out live. Yep. Well, man. Well, you'll let's just pre- make- let's just pretend you would have done an awful job, and it's better. It's best that you weren't there. This was my chance to earn your respect. All right, that's what this was. <laughs> and I was really looking forward to it. Now I got to cancel everything. So you're gonna have to once we hang up, you're gonna have to tell me how you canceled everything because you have experience. You did it just yeah. yesterday. Ah, uh, that okay. sucks. Well, yeah. Didn't mean right. to end the show on a down note. But. Well, I'm still going to. I got. I'm for those who don't know. I'm leaving for Flagstaff mm-hmm. on Monday now. So people were curious. Peep, there's. There, I'm not sure if you know that there's some athletes that live in Flagstaff. So I might film them working out, put that on That'd the site. Uh, and then I'm. I think I'm going to go back to Vegas. Can't keep me away from Vegas. The mm-hmm. West Coast Conference Championship, which is. Which is BYU, Portland, uh, San Francisco, Gonzaga. Mm-hmm. Their conference championship is in Vegas this year on a Wednesday. And Prime I, I might go and get some coverage. I won't be able to film the races, but I'll be able to film some other stuff. I got mm. some things some uh, things planning. That's, mm-hmm. It's going to be more than just interviews. Let's put it that mm-hmm. way. More than just interviews from the West Coast I'm, Conference, which will be great. Because we we'll pretend- see BYU, Portland, yep. all those teams. And we'll pretend that you're doing a good job on that. Yes. Just like you're going to pretend that I did a horrible job. (laughs) All right. We'll leave it there. So Gordon's going to be gone. So Monday, no pod then? No, we can do pod. My flight's not till 2. Okay. Yeah. So Monday, we'll have another podcast. We'll recap this race that we were not able to go to because of horrible weather. And then we'll just set the state. We got a busy week next week because we got to catch up on – catch up on a lot of stuff there, but – if you're in Texas, well, if you're anywhere in the country experiencing this cold weather, stay safe, stay warm. Thanks, everybody, for listening. We'll talk to you guys next week.